When you said that plans go astray Then why did you think it would turn out that way? You don't know who you are when you're 17 What's in your future is in the unseen You grow as you go Welcome to the fifth episode of the Grow As You Go podcast. I'm your host, Alan Hildred. Here we talk to a number of extraordinary people, young and not as young. Take a listen. Uh, Welcome to the Grow As You Go podcast. We are joined by very special guest, Tom Bizzle. Uh, He has done a number of things in his life, but we'll get into that later. How are you, Tom? I'm pretty good, thanks, mate. Uh, Enjoying a day off, which is lovely. Uh, yeah, but just getting getting ready for this uh, Ripper interview. It's it's, good. Um, it's good to have you here, mate. It's been so good. Like we've known each other quite a while. Yeah, um, I think about last five or six weeks we've known each other, which has been good. No, yeah, no, I mean much longer than that. I think it's been closer to a little over a decade now, which has been quite exciting. Yeah, it's been very good. It's, uh, yeah, it has been that long. Mm. Goodness, time's gone fast. Sure has. Um, we've been involved uh, in a number of things together. Um, we've done a bit of ministry together. We've done like you've been in our, our we've been in community group together. Yep. Um, yeah, we've studied a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're in the same like we moved church and mm-hmm. then we're in the same church again. Like it's, it, what, it's it wasn't planned, but yes, was we it, are. Yep. It was not planned. No, yep. um, we were technically there first, so you're in our church. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, we followed you. I think yep, right. yeah. Um, but you've had a um, like you've been out of school a little while now. Yep. Um, can you give us a bit of an overview of what that sort of looks like? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question, Alan. I think um, I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like some days. <laughs> no, look, for me, it's been a bit of a roller coaster journey. I mean, I think back to high school. I went to a rather large uh, public high school here up in Toowoomba. Um, my experience was all fairly positive with school itself, but I suppose for me, there was a fairly dramatic uh, turn of events for me around that sort of grade 9 to 10 in my life. I... Um, I sort of didn't care at school, didn't put in a whole lot of effort when it came to education. I was quite happy to sort of uh, float through with a lot of what we used to um, coin as the veggie subjects. Um, And I suppose I kind of floated through with that. Uh, And my goal was just to play AFL or cricket um, or just to become a tradie, like an electrician, something like that. I wasn't particularly fussed about education itself, just enough to get a trade. You know, and I remember pretty clearly back, it was about year 10, I... um, was doing work experience uh, with an electrical company from out in Highfields. And I mean, it was a great time, but on the last day of, uh, of this work experience, I, they were pulling about 100 metres worth of, uh, of telecommunications cable underground. And uh, the wire snapped as I was feeding it through and it ripped through the webbing on my hand. So I think that ruled me out of electrical stuff oh. pretty quickly. But yeah, I mean, all that to the side, I, I, the, I think the big event for me that probably shook me the most was, yeah, around that same time when you sort of, nine to ten-ish, the trouble started. Um, started having some major issues with with regards to my knee. Um, and I mean, if you've known me for any period of time, you would have heard this a little bit before, but it certainly is uh, and has been the most challenging thing in my life. And, and that might come as a bit of a surprise because I think for most people, they go, well, it's just a knee. Like, how does that, how does that matter? But mm. uh, it was the circumstances which had actually happened. I mean, in that time, uh, it was it was doing what they call sublax, where it would basically pop out and pop back in, uh, and it did it literally hundreds of times um, across the course of a number of years. And uh, every, like whenever you'd go back to the doctor to look at it, they'd say there's nothing wrong because it, when they got to see it, it was all um, looking fine. 
Um, it was only after a few years of investigation and of actually not really doing anything about it that, um, yeah, we had some surgeons come across it and go, look, I've been doing this for, you know, over 40 years and you've got the worst knee that I've seen in someone your age mm. um, and you need a knee replacement or a miracle. So that, that was my story back in that sort of, yeah, around that grade 10 time. And uh, that was hard. You know, I, I had these aspirations to be a very physical and I was very fit uh, young man. I loved mountain biking, loved all my sporting stuff and it all stopped. Um, I put on an awful lot of weight. Um, happy to say on the podcast, I'm about 100 kilos and I went up to about 125 to give you some perspective. Mm. Uh, and this is in end of high school. Um, and that led me down a path of a uh, fair bit of anxiety, depression, um, certainly a lot of uh, self-hatred of myself uh, and a lot of anger. I was a very angry young man. And um, I suppose I got to the end of school, um, had a surgery that was unsuccessful. Uh, I was in a knee brace almost or basically all day, uh, minus sleeping at night. Um, that was just to walk around. Yeah. Um, still had continual dislocations. Um, it was just in a really dark spot. Uh, I guess I finished school. Um, I ended up, I guess I was behind the eight ball. You know, I didn't really care in, in years eight and nine. So by the time I needed to care in year 11 and 12, it was almost a bit too late to catch up. So I think I scraped throughs with, sorry, I scraped through with um, uh, C's for just about everything. Um, got an OP of about 16, which uh, for those of you listeners who know that, that's, that's pretty poor. Um, <laughs> And it was hard. I finished school and I really had no idea what to do. I, uh, at the time, I was working uh, casually on weekends at Bunnings. I was very fortunate to pick up some more work there. So I worked at Bunnings for a while um, and then picked up another job uh, working at a um, telecommunications company, All Phones. Did that for a period of time. Um, I then traveled around the country uh, with a good friend of mine named Brad. And uh, we did that for about seven months. Um, doing multimedia um, motivational talks, I guess you could say, um, which just seems a bit funny to say that now because I, I wasn't in that headspace myself. Uh, what else? Worked in Mitsubishi for a week. Um, <laughs> across the space of about three years, I, I think I had four or five jobs in that time. Mm. Um, and it was at a very low point, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so what, what do you do now, mate? Well... Somehow I've managed to go from that to being uh, working at a church as a pastor. Um, that's I need longer than the 15 minutes to talk about <laughs> how that story's come to pass yeah. fully. But uh, to, to perhaps put it most succinctly, I um, yeah I worked I worked at Telstra. That was my longest job uh, after all that jumping around. I was there for a number of years, and there was. Um, uh, yeah, I then moved from that job into a, an audiovisual company, which I absolutely loved. I loved that side of things, and I really found my feet there. Um, and it was good. It was really good. Uh, I mean, the money was was good. The hours was good. I was really happy, and I wouldn't have necessarily, and I still, some days I think about it, but it, but it was a good job. I, I loved that job. Mm. Um, how did I go into ministry, though? Well, uh Despite all of the difficulties and the struggles that I've had uh, with the physical component, um, I have always had a heart to to care for others uh, and to, to nurture others that are going through difficult times themselves. Mm. Uh, in the midst of that time, uh, yeah, I suppose it's, it's one of the ways I got to know you as well was through that through that Bible study group we were in. Um, I still found myself, yes, being in the midst of hard times, but above all of that was a deep yearning and a desire to want to, to bless others and to be able to tell them the good news about Jesus. So mm. that was really, um, that's always been underpinning me, I would say. 
Um, how it came to pass, though, practically well, in the year 2020, there was a thing, if your listeners haven't heard, called COVID. Uh, that, that came around, and that was exciting. That was a good time. And uh, we'd been in our local church where I'd been attending for, I think it was nearly 13 or 14 years by that stage. So, I mean, it's where I'd grown up. Mm. Um, and there was a number of struggles going on there, a number of difficulties. But uh, my wife and I, we did just uh, really feel that it was a time for us to move on, look for another congregation. Uh, and we did that. Mm. Um, and COVID was a great, I guess you can say, excuse for that um, because we were so heavily connected with volunteering roles that it was uh, it was a forced stop to those things and allowed us to get a fresh perspective. But I sort of came out of it all and I was a bit disenfranchised, to be honest. I mm. felt work to the bone. Um, I just wasn't particularly sure of where I wanted to be. I mean, I, I didn't mind my job, but it still wasn't satisfying my soul. As to, I just didn't feel like I was in the right spot. Um, anyway, moving along. So year 2021 came around. We uh, tried out a few different congregations, had a look. And uh, yeah, we came across this little church in Toowoomba. And um, we checked them out, and that's sort of where we are now. And uh, that was great. I mean, mm. we, we had a tremendous time there, and we've really enjoyed it. But uh, I remember there was uh, a one Sunday in particular, really quite clearly, I wasn't, wasn't meant to be at church that morning. Um, and there was a time at the end of church, uh, if you're a church goer or not on this, <laughs> I'll explain it. There's a time at the end of the service where they just had an opportunity for prayer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I knew that I wanted prayer that morning, but I also didn't because I uh, was, was quite lost, to be honest, in a number of different ways. And as I said, I'd always had this, um, this sense of wanting to be in ministry, but never knowing how I'd get there. Mm. Never the academic, never considered myself smart enough, never had the opportunities. Um, yeah, so this, this Sunday at church, we um, at the end, I go down for prayer and uh, the lead pastor's there and... In a, in a rather weird way, I know some of you won't believe this, but that's fine. This is what happened. I was um, went forward to, to him and he said to me, look, he said, Tom, you need to know that I've been praying for you all week. Um, I've had you on my mind and I've just been, been praying for this opportunity. Um, and he thought it was weird himself. He's, he's not that sort of guy to, to say that sort of comment. Um, it was very timely. I dare very much say that it was a God-ordained conversation. And um, out of that, um, there was a, a job going at that church um, half the money, worse hours, um, every reason under the sun to not do it. Working mm. with kids and youth, I never thought that'd be me. Thought it'd be something to do with tech or community groups or something. Um, went through the process. Uh, there's probably a dozen other ways in which um, God very clearly showed me that was what he wanted me to be doing. And I got the job. Mm. Uh, underqualified, uh, unprepared, um, not in a place where I thought that I had it all together, but I've absolutely loved it. And it's just ticked over 12 months now and I wouldn't change it for anything. Mm. And I've never felt so settled in a place and never felt like that's where I need to be more than I am at the moment. And, uh, and you know, it's funny, in the midst of all of that, um, you know, after 10 or 11 years, I had knee surgery. Uh, I had one of the top surgeons in the, in the country look at it and say he couldn't do anything and refer me to another one. Um, had this massive leg surgery, effectively they broke the leg and rotated some bones and did other bits and pieces. Mm. And um, it's never going to be perfect, but I can walk again. You know, I can walk without a brace. Um, had my tonsils out, had some head surgery, all this sort of stuff in the last 12 to 18 months. So the timing of everything between COVID, the surgery, uh, all of those things has been absolutely miserable. Mm. 
but I've never found myself so happy. Yeah. Never found myself so joyous in the midst of difficult times. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got no doubt. I mean, anyone who wants to question whether God's real or not just needs to come and talk to me and I'll, <laughs> I'll, um, I'll silence that pretty quickly. Um, and I'm just in awe of, uh, yeah, of God's goodness to me um, and of how a, how he's actually managed to turn circumstances in my life mm. um, that I didn't want at the time uh, into something really, really good. Like in that, that's an incredible story. Um, everything you've been through, um, you've been through a lot of hard times in that. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did you feel during those times? What were your, what were your thought processes like? How how did you feel emotionally? How did I feel emotionally? Ah, uh, oh, I think I've had every emotion under the sun. <laughs> I mean, there was one day I remember back uh, working at the audio visual job. Um, this is just a, this is just an example to highlight. I think the severity of it. Um, I was a. You might have heard of the word hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. Um, hypochondriac is uh, you've got a headache. It's a brain tumor. You've got a sniffly nose. It's a no. You know you, you're bleeding out. Um, that's what a hypochondriac does. Yeah. And I had that at a very severe level, um, massively. And uh, it. I mean, there was a number of years there where uh, Medicare were probably hating on me a fair bit for how many times <laughs> I was bulk billing at the at the doctor's practice. No, honestly, there was time. Mm. There was years where, um, particularly probably about eighteen months in the middle of it, where, boy, I would have been at the GP once a fortnight or less, wow. maybe. Um, and it got to the point where they were like, "You need to stop coming in." You know, like it's just <laughs> it's ridiculous. So yeah, I was a hypochondriac. That's how it played out the most yeah. um, for me was anxiety about my body. Mm. Um, and some of it was validated. I mean, originally when the knee incident started, I was going to doctors. I knew there was a problem and they were turning me away saying there was nothing wrong. Mm. And it was only after about a year of pushing that they actually said, oh, there is something wrong. Your kneecap split in half, you know, like, so it was, that's where it largely stems from, but it got out of control. And yeah, this one example, working at the audio visual company, um, you know, bit of, bit of chest pain comes on. Uh, you start sweating a fair bit and uh, your first thought isn't that you've just been to the gym the day before. Your first thought is actually I'm having a heart attack here. Mm. Um, and that spiraled pretty quickly. And it was actually my friend Brad um, who just dropped in that day and uh, he saw me in that state and he, um, he took me down to the hospital. And I ended up spending, well, I think it was about $500 at the heart, uh, it was at the heart clinic. So that, 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 I think that did give me a heart attack. But <laughs> I... Um, yeah, spent a good part of a day, every test under the sun, uh, all these checks on my heart, um, only to sit down with the cardiologist to be told there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And that day really wrecked me a fair bit because I think I didn't realize how badly I was slipping. Mm. Um, that was sort of a, I'm going to say a rock bottom moment for me. Uh, I, I certainly don't subscribe to people who say that they need to hit rock bottom. I, no one should ever want that, but I think I did in that moment. And, uh, for me, that was huge. I just, um, yeah, I knew I needed to change. So that led me uh, into some very practical changes uh, with regards to health and exercise. Mm. Um, that led me into some practical changes with um, getting some very practical psychological uh, counselling, um, which was good to give me some methods and techniques to help. But uh, there was a massive part of it as well where it was just uh, walking in relationship with God, uh, talking with him about it reading the scriptures and just um, really seeing some some changes in my life that needed to happen that were far deeper than the physical. So, mm. yep. 
Uh, it's been great having you here with us, Tom. It's um, oh, is that been, it? Haven't we, been haven't so haven't good. Got, haven't we are even, way over time, mate. It's haven't even got a joke segment yet. No, not yet. Uh, but it's been absolutely awesome to uh, hear more about your story, and um, yeah, I just hope like this, uh, your story really reaches people. Because um, I mean, a- anxiety and depression is like mm. number one on the charts at the moment. Um, that it, uh, pretty much everyone deals with. Uh, we've all got our issues, but you've actually you've moved past them and you've actually used that for your good. Thank you, mate. It was always awesome catching up with Pastor Tom Bizzle. Tune in next week to hear from General Manager, been there, done it all, Brad Smith. To be honest, I still see myself as someone that just mows lawns. I um, I think I was actually mowing a lawn when I got a text message about this job saying, yeah. would you consider applying? And I, I thought it was a bit of a joke. <laughs> I, like, I don't think so. Like I have not studied business or anything like that. But um, th- they were really keen for someone with ministry experience, and mm. that's the only thing I had. We'll see you then. When you said and the plans go astray, then why did you think it would turn out that way? You don't know who you are when you're 17. What's in your future is in the unseen. You grow as you go.